So, uh, uh, hi, it's Graham here. Sorry to interrupt your podcast listening like this, but uh, I wondered if you could do us a little favour. I haven't told Carol I'm going to do this, and frankly, I'm not sure she's going to find out. Let's maybe keep it that way, shall we? Uh, I don't think she listens to the podcast, so she won't hear that I've tacked this on to the beginning. But the European Security Blogger Awards, they're about to happen, and Smashing Security has been nominated in a couple of categories. Huzzah, huzzah! You can vote in the awards for your favourite security blogs and security podcasts, hint, hint, but you've only got a few days before the voting closes. So do it today. Do it now. Hit pause. Oh, not before I've told you the URL. It's smashingsecurity.com slash vote. That will redirect you through magic to the voting form. And, well, hey, made the best podcast co-hosted for the last six or so years by a Brit and a Canadian win. Um, yeah, over to you. Smashingsecurity.com slash vote. Thank you very much. We love you all, uh, at least the people who vote for us. Uh, but for now, back to your normal service. And uh, sorry about this interruption. Obviously, I suppose our advice is don't pay. You know, obviously. Yeah, just stand up and say, I'm proud to watch porn. It's really, that's the way to get around this. I think standing up isn't always the best advice. Someone who's been going to these sort of sites. So give them half an hour at least. <laughs> Smashing Security, Episode 91, Sextortion, Las Vegas Hotels, and Alex Jones, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, Episode 91. My name is Graham Cluley. I'm Carol Terrio. And uh, Carol, we are joined by the returning Maria Vermasis. Hello, Maria. <laughs> hello. The wonderful, wonderful Maria. <laughs> Maria. Oh, I can't do that. Happy summer, Maria. Is it going well, August? Yeah, I'm I'm glad it's almost over. I'm not a summer person. <laughs> oh, really? Graham isn't either. I love it. Oh, it's been sweltering hot and oh. clammy. And okay, we, oh. we've just done what we said we'd never do. We've opened the podcast talking about the weather. <laughs> Let me say to everyone who's listening then, instead of talking about the weather, let's thank them <gasps> yes. for nominating us yes. in the Podcast Awards. Yay. The Podcast Awards. The, yes, the Podcast Awards. We have been nominated for Best Technology Podcast. We have, and there's some other great podcasts in there as well. So it's going to be a well, tough old battle. But in the coming weeks, I believe they will be announcing who has won. I think but, we need uh, to go in with the thought that we are the best. We're number one. Obviously. Right? <laughs> Is that how you think, Crow? Yeah. You you go in high and then you... Well, I go in the way I plan to leave, right? <laughs> with the award. No, I'm just... My fingers and toes are crossed. It would be so exciting. It would be so It would so be exciting. exciting, but it's actually pretty cool to be nominated. Anyway, but it. thank you, because it was a vote from our listeners. So all of you guys that went through the painful process of voting for us, high five. Absolutely. You voted for us, didn't you, Maria? Oh, absolutely. Pain in the ass to do it. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? You're very welcome. Thank you very much. <laughs> My bots were total. I mean, no, 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 no. I didn't, didn't use bots. Meta Compliance, the security e-learning experts, make learning best practice engaging and fun. Through stories, realistic scenarios, the Meta Compliance guys provide animated e-learning and even games like fishing drills to test your knowledge. Plus, these guys get passwords, they get GDPR, they get security, and they've won awards for security awareness. Smashing Security listeners, you guys can get 10% off by visiting Smashing 
smashingsecurity.com slash metacompliance and entering the code smashing. That's smashingsecurity.com slash metacompliance. Hi, Graham. Hey, Crow. I have a question for you. Okay. Do you have a password manager? Yes, of course I've got a password. Do you? Yes, I yes, I do. And do you honestly, honestly think that all companies should have a password manager? Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. If you don't have one of those, your employees are going to make some terrible password decisions and hackers may be able to break in and an enterprise-grade solution, like the one from LastPass, for instance, will have support for Microsoft Active Directory and funky functions like that to make it even easier to secure your business. Okay, I think you've passed my test. Listeners can check out LastPass Enterprise for themselves by visiting lastpass.com slash smashing. Now, chaps. Chapesses. There is a fair bit of sextortion going on at the moment. And this particular flavour of sextortion arrives in your inbox in the form of an email. Sorry, can you just tell me what sextortion is again? Just describe it. It's extortion, but with a rather tabloidy S in front of it to suggest there's sexual content. And these emails claim that you have been visiting a pornographic website. And not so very long ago. No. Exactly. Of course not. But not so very long ago, these emails were arriving and they were even including users' passwords. Um, passwords what do you which mean? They may like, well, so you would get an email saying, hey, we know you've been going to naughty websites and to prove it, do you recognise this password? And you oh. kind of go, oh, crumbs. You Hunter know. 2. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Hamster jelly or whatever it is, the password that you use mm. everywhere. And you think, crikes, not only do they, they emailed me and I do sometimes go to rude websites, but they also know my password. Now, do you? Do you go to I, rude websites? Ironically, I'm ignoring that. Ironically... <laughs> These passwords <laughs> quite often weren't actually for the websites because, of course, who creates an account on a porn website? Why would you, right? That'd just be crazy. <laughs> oh, what? crazy talk, yeah. Why would you do that? <laughs> Why would you do that? I mean, you, it's not like you need to, right? But I would love to hear from people who do okay, that, and I want I don't them to understand. explain themselves. <laughs> don't, you have to, don't you have to register, though, and pay money and... Therefore, oh, there, you have a username. Nineteen ninety four? No, I don't go to porn sites. I really, I know nothing. I'm really out of my just depth. Just go to the internet, Carol. You don't yeah. have to go to porn sites. Everywhere there's nudity. Oh, what? And you just type in boobs or something, yes, and that's exactly. it. Exactly. Okay. And apparently now you're also six years old. <laughs> <laughs> How do the sex happen? <laughs> it's. It- I, I can't imagine why anyone would ever create an account on these sites, but presumably some people do. But it's good to know, though. Good but people know. are receiving these emails <laughs> even if they haven't created accounts, right? And the newest trick is that the emails say, do you recognise this phone number? It's yours, isn't it? And what they do is they're including maybe the last four digits of the recipient's phone number so basically they are sharing information with the victim that belongs to the victim like a phone number or right. parts of a password that they've right. gotten through any number of breaches and they're saying we've got you we've got you we can expose you unless you do x because we've taken over your computer we've gone through your facebook right friends list and your messenger list so we've taken over your webcam we've recorded what video you were looking at and then sort of maybe 25 seconds into the video, we started recording you through your webcam as well. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, nobody wants to see that. Right? (laughs) 
So you just don't, you don't just see someone eating popcorn, whatever, I guess, on these sites. So they're saying unless you pay up, you know, $1,000 or whatever via Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. you are going to have all this information exposed to your nearest and dearest. And won't that be embarrassing? And because these latest emails include some numbers from your phone number, maybe the last four digits or a couple of others, that makes you think, crikey, Mm. they must be on to me. Yeah, but mm. the, the joke's on them because people put this stuff willingly on the internet for free anyway through like <laughs> chat roulette and stuff. So if that even still exists. So they're going to just get emails and go. people are going to go, yeah, do your worst, buddy. It's already out there. Do your worst. <laughs> I remember what I did in 2012. Yeah, up on chat roulette with my electric piano, my bassoon. Uh, you know what? I did chat roulette maybe two years ago for the first time. Did you? And it was very weird. And I saw someone's junk and I stopped you stopped what well st- I just st- <laughs> I closed the web page and decided oh, I, I wasn't I oh, wasn't I chat I roulette see. wasn't right for- oh. I see. good night I everybody oh, so so I've got two obvious questions. now I've I've in what I do is I include a link in the show notes so you can actually see the emails and what they're saying but okay in the example I'm sharing the blackmailer has only listed the last four digits of the phone number. So my first question is, why isn't the extortionist including the whole phone number mm-hmm. in their email? Because if the bad guys really had it, wouldn't they use it? Wouldn't they make it clear to you, we've got your entire phone number and we know your Auntie Jin's mobile number as well? Yeah, but they're obscuring well. it for your safety. Well, because they care about privacy. <laughs> <laughs> we care about you, customer, and your privacy. It's, oh, that would, that would be wonderful. But of course, they, they don't give two figs about that, do they? The only logical answer is that they don't really have your whole phone number. They've only got some of the digits. So my next question is, so where did they get those partial phone numbers from? Uh-huh. Is it like there's been a data breach Yeah, that was my assumption. That was my assumption. Wait, you're telling me there was a data breach and this information (laughs) was on there? Well, okay. Nobody told me. (laughs) A couple of things. First of all, we've already agreed that many people won't actually have created accounts on the porn sites, right? But even then, why would any company only store some of the digits of your phone number? Maybe some of the digits of your credit card number, maybe, but some of the digits of your phone number doesn't really kind of make sense. So... Research had did the oh you got a theory, Crow? I don't know. I'm just thinking it's kind of identifiable information. I understand it's in a gray area, but if someone said, "Hey, you know, we salt, you know, your phone number," I'd be kind of like, "Oh, that's cool." Well, it's possible, maybe, but it just it seems a little peculiar to me. All right, anyway. I, okay, let's go on. Researcher Didier Stevens, he has a different theory as to where these numbers may be coming from. He proposes that the numbers might be being derived from the password reset mechanisms of popular websites. So I, for instance, went to eBay and I have an account on eBay and I pretended I'd forgotten my password. Are we doing a little bit of original reporting here? This is fun. All right. (laughs) (laughs) And it said, we'll text you on, right, which is my mobile phone number. And it obscured all but a a few of the digits. And then I tried it on Mm. PayPal. And it gave me the last four digits of my phone number there as well. And I think there are probably plenty of websites which will give away some of your phone number. Yeah, I think that happens actually quite often, just to verify that that's the phone number that you've provided them to. Credit cards. So that's where, yep, yep, absolutely. And because they're going to SMS you or something, you know, you want to check the right phone and think, oh Mm -hmm. gosh, I have to look at that one to get this PIN code. Now, I don't go through the process and the, the extortionist doesn't go through that process either, but they've now got some of the digits of your phone number which they can then put into an email 
to make it seem more convincing. So how did they get my how did they get the four digits you're reckoning? I think what they were doing was they have an email address from somewhere, right? Could be from a yep. bridge or something. Oh, and they type they it in. They type it in or have a little bot which mm-hmm. puts it in. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they're doing it one by one. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then they extract the digits of your mobile Write number. Write them down in pencil. <laughs> <laughs> then they fax it to themselves. <laughs> get some chalk. the mimeograph. <laughs> yeah, sharpen the pencil. So, obviously, I suppose our advice is don't pay, you know, obviously. Yeah, just stand up and say, I'm proud to watch porn. Surely that's the way to get around this. I think this. standing up isn't always the best advice uh, to someone who's been <laughs> going to these sort of sites. So give them, give them half an hour at least. But- so basically it's taking advantage of their embarrassment, right? Well, you no, know, it, it, it's, 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 it's terrifying to think that, you know, you, you might have Your been, private time yeah. has been... Uh, so my, yeah. my, obviously don't pay. Protect your computer of up-to-date security software. You expect me to say that. Patch all your operating system. Run an ad blocker, because sometimes popular porn websites have been compromised by malvertising, for instance, malicious adverts. But um, also, you know, invest in a webcam cover for your, both your desktop PC and maybe your smartphone as well. Or just post-it a, note. Or just a Band-Aid. Yeah. A Band-Aid works, yeah. I literally just put a post-it note over it. It's... <laughs> Now, tell me, Graham, do you think anyone should reply saying, well, since you seem to have my last four digits, why don't you give me all my digits if you're so clever? Oh, yes, that's a good idea, Crow. Really goad the blackmailer and extortionist. Poke them. No, I don't think it is a good idea. I just want you to say it isn't. Oh, okay. Then I I think we're agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's not such a good idea. But, you know, be safe online, kids. And uh, yes, if if you've got anything you need to cover up, cover it up with a... With a post-it note or a webcam cover or a, or a, t- or a, so- <laughs> or a tea Hide cozy. your shame. <laughs> whatever whatever Nobody fits. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Lovely. Anyway, I hope that's helped somebody. Yeah. Not safe for work. Okay. Now, Maria. Yes. Please raise the tone. <laughs> no. Oh, okay, sure. Well, I, I feel privileged to be on the podcast the week after arguably one of the biggest and busiest weeks for security practitioners. Death con. Yes, last week was a hacker summer camp where thousands yeah. of people who like this stuff maybe are listening. <laughs> go to Las Vegas and get blitz out of their brains or just go to a lot of talks or some combination of the two. Network. Networking, seeing old friends, picking some logs, soldering some PCBs. Whatever. Having a parlay. Oh, all these talking like pirates, apparently. All these things are happening. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, uh, I, I, it's been several years since I've been, but uh, and I worked those events, so it wasn't super fun for me. But anywho, um, the biggest, there's always the, the, the press blitz of like, what's the big story going to be at a DEF on this year yeah and uh and years ago i think you might remember the whole hacking of a jeep thing and there was a whole hullabaloo about that oh yeah i think there's two stories in contention for the big stories out of defcon this year but the one that i'm gonna vote for is actually a story about defcon itself and uh it's kind of inside baseball a little bit so let, let me set the story basically i'm sure you remember last year in october in las vegas there was a horrific massacre mm. how can you forget and, and since that terrible massacre happened last year, a lot of United States hotels have implemented new security policies. And the big question is, 
are these policies security theater or are they justified? And this question came up because basically all the DEF CON attendees came face to face with it uh, last week. So the do not disturb sign for the Caesars Hotels um, and DEF CON was at uh, Caesars Palace this year has a little tiny little uh, fine print on the bottom. And it says, say if you put the do not disturb sign on your door. Right. Even if you refuse housekeeping, quote, staff reserve the right to enter this room daily, even if the sign is displayed on your door, for maintenance, safety, security, or any other purpose. So basically, this sign's basically saying they will, they can go in once a day for for whatever reason yeah, they want. Yeah, it, it's basically a carte blanche. You can tell us you don't want us to come in your room, but we're going to do it anyway for literally any reason. So they don't yeah. they don't need to justify it. And the note also goes on to say, hotel staff will knock and announce their presence before entering. I always assumed that they would be able to do that, this actually. Is, and that's a very good point. So hang on to that, because I, I think that's the big, okay. that's a really, really important point. Okay, so we have that notification, in theory, from the hotel. But several attendees, right. and this is not just a scant few, this is a, a decent run people, including many solo female travelers, said their room was barged into while they were either bathing or changing without any warning. So it wasn't just somebody <gasps> knocking on the door. It's like they are, it's like somebody's just in their room and they had no idea. In other cases, many attendees uh, recounted instances of men banging at their door, demanding to be let in right at that very moment, purporting to be from hotel security. And then the supposed hotel security would not provide the attendee any way to verify that those men actually are who they said they are. Holy See, that's moly. terrible, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. I mean, if the gas man comes around to my house, he'll have a little ID card and I have an option if I want of ringing up British gas and saying, can you confirm this is genuinely a, an, a gas engineer? Does he have a moustache? <laughs> that's if, how you know. <laughs> that's, that's how you know over here. Yeah. Whereas if it's a security team at a hotel, you know, who are coming into your room and you're the only one there, that would feel rather threatening. I yeah, think, you've got like it? two men at your door and you're like fresh out of the shower and these men are saying, we need to be let in right now. Barging in while I'm changing? Well, even if they haven't barged in, they're they're banging on your door going, yeah. I, you need to let us in right yeah. now for security reasons. And you're going, I don't know who you are, who you say you are. Like, uh, you can show me a badge, but that's yeah. super easy to fake. This is a PR nightmare for the hotel. So one, one person who experienced this exact issue was Luda Security CEO, Katie Mazuris. And she tweeted about this, basically saying this is her last DEF CON unless this changes. Because um, basically, no keys needed to access the floors via the elevator. The card she was shown had the photo rubbed off. She says, it was only shown after I had been screamed at and the door pounded on, which was after I had politely asked to verify their IDs by calling downstairs. I was trying to follow a reasonable authentication process. In fact, I was walking the supervisor on the phone through it as he talked over me about the necessity of the search. I wasn't arguing about my privacy. I was protecting my life and my body from assault. He missed the point. And, mm. and that's mm. that is a huge huge point right there. So mm. so far, the response from the Vegas hotels have basically been like, "Hey, read the terms of service, guys. It's a new policy since the awful massacre last year, and as we we all know, probably the, the shooter had a huge arsenal of guns in his room. So we need to be able to verify that you're not holding up all these gu- guns in your room." And, and as I remember, the shooter in that instance had spent a couple of days sort of setting up this array of weaponry. Right, undisturbed, yeah. And yep. obviously he must have had the do not disturb sign on or whatever and wasn't yep. answering mm. room service. So I, I can understand from the hotel's point of view that they want to be really careful about this, maybe for insurance purposes, if nothing else. Likely to, for you know, only that, yeah. You know, to, to make sure that there's nothing untoward going on. But at the same time, they've got to have a method by which 
the residents can feel comfortable that they have a legitimate reason to come in. Mm -hmm. Okay, playing devil's advocate, I can kind of understand why they'd be a bit twitchy. Who, the hotel or the attendee? (laughs) The hotel, you know, the hotel, like, you know, there was a big massacre that happened and they're going to be held responsible or they're going to feel responsible for ensuring the safety of everyone. And they're probably going about it like a pendulum. They've gone too far. Yeah, I mean, you're saying you're, you're on our private property and we should be able to do whatever it takes to secure our property. Yeah, which is obviously hooey, and they should just calm it down a bit, because that is very scary. There's no way I'd want to go to stay in a hotel if that was a, a, a risk, someone but, pounding but on the door. But they also have a duty of care to look after their residents, don't yes. they? Absolutely. So, I understand they that. They need to build a mechanism by which they can you know, confirm that they yeah, are really It's called stupid. housekeeping. <laughs> well, do you want to hear a further wrinkle to the story? Because it actually gets even a yeah. little more complicated from here. So the hotel says... Yeah, you should not have any expectation of privacy. And and a lot of people in response to all these incidents have been saying that as well. And I think we mentioned that earlier that, you know, you're in a hotel, don't expect any, you know, people are going to be there. But the hotel also said, we're only going to do a quick visual check, just a quick glance around your room. We're not touching your shit, except this is DEFCON. So you got a lot of people who are really paranoid and they set up hidden cameras in their hotel rooms because they want to see if someone's actually monkeying with their shit. Ho, ho, ho. So I can't verify this. So this is hearsay. But several journalists who are actually actively researching the story right now say they've been sent video from DEFCON attendees of hotel security rummaging through their stuff, taking photos of hotel personal effects. I'm sorry, guest personal effects. And (sighs) overhearing the, the security guys threatening to put videos of what they found on Snapchat, that kind of thing. So, like, it's... Oh, my yep, God. Yep, yep, yep. Holy and other moly. attendees have said that their belongings have been confiscated, uh, some of which are technically illegal or, or frowned upon in Nevada law, but, like, things like soldering irons and lockpick sets, which are kind of de rigueur at DEF CON. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like forgetting your sunglasses, it's, isn't it? If you don't take exactly. <laughs> One does not go to DEF CON without one's lockpick set. It's It's true. <laughs> But I mean, frankly, I always brought one with me every time I've gone. Same. It's kind of the thing you do because I like lock picking. Um, sorry, lock sport. It's not illegal if you call it lock sport. Uh, but yeah, people are saying their stuff's been confiscated. So it gets really. Eh. So one can understand the hotel's point of view here. But flip side, the guests are going, this is a new policy. We were really caught by surprise and saying, yeah, the terms of service is there in this tiny print at the bottom of the do not disturb sign is really not enough warning. No. And the irony of security pros complaining about no one reading the terms of service is not lost on anyone here. Like, surely in your manual for your room, they would have like a lengthy explanation as to how this will occur. You know, I don't maybe it doesn't have to say what time of day, but what the procedure is. Yeah. You know, there will be a knock on your door. The person will, you know, identify themselves and explain what this they're is doing. This the number you can call to verify. Mm. Like, exactly. Is, yeah. yeah, if you would, because we tell people to do that all the time. If like a financial institution purportedly is calling you saying, hey, we've got this fraud alert on your credit card. We tell them, actually, I want to call you back. You know, why would we not have that protocol in place for something as scary as people physically coming into your space when you're by yourself? Surely um, after mm. all this hoo-ha, Caesars and other hotels will take a moment to think about you know, could we have handled this better have they not responded yet my understanding is the story is still unfolding so i think yeah. the response from caesars has basically been like this is our policy we disclosed it to people and frankly this is the now, now the new policy at almost all american hotels at this point 
There's going to be a U-turn when they find out about the videos. (laughs) Did you hear about the other thing which happened at Caesars during these conferences as well? No. Matt Linton, who is a uh, Google security researcher, he's one of the guys who found the Spectre security hole in Mm -hmm. CPUs. He tweeted while he was there about some really good attacks in Vegas. And... (laughs) Uh, and, What do you mean? Well, he meant, of course software and vulnerabilities and exploits and things like this and apparently the las vegas police saw this were rather (laughs) nervous about his language and of course assumed the worst and and came and had a chat with him and apparently they understood you know once they'd had the chat they said okay we we get it we now know you're talking about software attacks in relation to the conference however and they went away fine and apparently were very polite however caesar's (laughs) threw this researcher out of the hotel at midnight yep. and told him he wasn't welcome anymore. Yep. I think he got permabanned, didn't he? Like, he's not yeah. welcome at all, ever. That's right. Yep. So he was just thrown out onto the strip and oh, uh, wow. survive for yourself, buddy. Um, and, and because there's clearly just like a zero tolerance to anything like this because they're all being so paranoid. So I think a, a little bit more... Uh, sensitivity and care is needed. Has DEFCON, any spokesperson from DEFCON said anything about this? Yeah, the head of security actually offered his resignation Mm. over this issue. Ooh, Everyone's basically rejecting his resignation because I don't think this was his fault. And he Mm -hmm. he said this, what happened was not the policy that he was told by Caesars. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. He has offered his resignation. As of right now, I don't think it has been accepted. Uh, So this story is still unfolding. We'll see what the fallout is. To me, one of the biggest things is there's a growing call from a number of attendees saying that they're not returning to DEFCON at all ever or to even Las Vegas at all ever because of these policies and yeah they're saying it's overly intrusive security theater and just straight up not friendly to hackers and other people are saying either move DEFCON to another city or get it out of the United States entirely because you know as we've seen with for example the United States TSA once you have security measures in place they don't tend to go away (laughs) so it's very just too darn hot in Vegas anyway who I agree Go there in August. In That's August, absurd. of all things. And it's so yes. expensive. Go to uh, Greenland instead. That'd be a cool place to have it. <laughs> I, do they have the capacity for like 30,000 hackers to oh, end up on yes. their village? Yes, they'd send- love it. They'd yeah. love it. Well, uh, I, me personally, if I ever go to DEF CON again, I mean, I, I would not assume any privacy at all. And I'd probably invest in like an $11 wedge doorstop if I was really worried about somebody barging in and, <laughs> when I'm in the shower, which I honestly might be now. But uh, I, I really hope the new room search policies are communicated and conducted in a better way. But I really cannot blame anyone for not wanting to go back to DEF CON after this. Yeah. yeah. No one likes to be barged. I, I have been uh, rudely barged in on, actually. I remember at a hotel once, it was it was a room service made mm. sort of person. And I was in a state of some desabile, as I say. But I, I think I... <laughs> I, think I I probably was less traumatized the by the experience girl. than her. Be I was going to say, this is how a lot of porn woman. starts. <laughs> so, going back to the previous story. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, it's a serious issue, oh, though. It is. I mean, it it's, is. Uh, I'm, you know, we're, we're chuckling about it, but this is a nightmare. So, I'm very curious to see how this develops. So, watch this space, I guess. Crazy. Speaking of crazy. <laughs> Speaking of crazy. <laughs> crazy Kroll, what crazy story have you got for us this week? Well, I want to talk about crazy conspiracy theories. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Namely, one guy that has been in the press a lot lately, and that is Alex Jones. Uh. Now, unless you've been following the antics of this guy for, what, five years? Too long. um, It does look like a huge pile of nonsense. But 
there's been a lot going on. So I thought I'd kind of summarize it and then we could have maybe a little chat about it because I think it's raising some important points. So Alex Jones, the conspiracy theorist radio host, he's not what I would call a good faith guy. Um, He's been running this Infowars for about 20 years. It actually started as a public access TV show in Austin. And it's grown from there into all kinds of channels. But I mean, his YouTube channel boasts at his height, 80 million views a month. Oh my God. Isn't that shocking? America, why? So he has definitely earned the reputation of spreading unfounded, hateful conspiracy theories, right? Mm -hmm. The most shocking of them was that the U.S. government was in on the 9-11 attacks, or there was the Sandy Hook shooting. He was saying it was a total hoax and that mourners were being paid. He's actually being sued by parents of the children who were murdered at Sandy Hook. It's horrendous. And he's also facing defamation for, remember in Charlottesville, the car that mowed down the people? He was saying it was all a setup. So someone's suing him for that as well. So anyway, make your own mind up. He seems to me to be crazy. Dangerous. Dangerous. Very dangerous. Dangerous. More yep. crazy, I think, yeah. And he does have um, a pretty serious fan base. Um, His audience grew fivefold as Trump rose to power. You might remember Trump actually has been on the InfoWars show where he praised Alex Jones and made promises to him. He even gave Alex Jones of InfoWars a temporary press pass to the White House in May 2017. So... He has friends in high places. But anyway, it seems that he has finally pissed off the wrong people. So first, Apple announced that it was going to stop distributing Jones's five podcasts and uh, his InfoWars website. Now, this is the most powerful podcast distribution platform in the world. So this is kind of a big deal and shuts off a huge communication vector for him. Then Jones was banned from Facebook, YouTube and Spotify. Spotify say they ban him not for his conspiracies, but because InfoWars, quotes, expressly and principally promotes, advocates, or incites hatred or violence against a group or individuals based on characteristics, unquote. Well, right. I mean, you can't ban somebody for a conspiracy. That's about as American as apple pie. Right. I mean, really. He was banned from YouPorn as well. Did you hear that? Yes, that's true. Yes. He was. Wait, wait, are you serious? Yes, no. Yeah. He, he, well, okay, so, what? So, I forgot that. You're right. I don't think he had his own channel up there. Because um, I don't want to Google this, because I really... <laughs> I am. I'm going to do it. I've never done this in my life. Oh, you brave soul. Apparently, YouPorn doesn't just have porn videos. People also upload other videos, like Infowars, to it. And those videos have been returned. I don't know whether this is you porn's PR department. I'm afraid I can't see that. it. My family friendly filter is on, so uh, nothing comes up with Alex Jones and you porn. That's fantastic. I bleach. I bleach. Yeah, that's uh... that's why I'm so innocent, guys. I, I I would take one for the team and Google it, but I just don't want to. Now, Facebook, who had previously imposed a 30-day ban on Jones personally for his role in posting violating content to its pages, decided finally to fully remove the Alec Jones channel page, the Alex Jones page, the InfoWars page, and the InfoWars nightly news page. Facebook said, quote, more content from the same pages has been reported to us. Upon review, we take it down for glorifying violence. 
etc., etc. So again, the violent thing. And a few hours later, YouTube also zapped Jones's channel. And get this, his YouTube views prior to the, the channel being removed were tallying in total 1.6 billion. I find that shocking, 1.6 billion. I, I think there's a decent, okay, probably small percentage of that that's just hate watching. But I'm sure a lot of that's legit. I'm, I'm sure most of that's legit. And that's just makes me really sad. Mm. So, and lastly, and this is the bit that I wanted to talk about a bit, was, is Twitter. Now, they've come along and rather than banning him, they've slapped Alex Jones with a seven-day ban, but they haven't terminated his account. Hang on, hang on. So, all these other sites have banned him or shut down his channels and all the rest of it, right? Uh, and, and Twitter, well, basically, let's not forget it's August Alex Jones may have gone on holiday to the Mediterranean, right? He may not be creating any videos or any podcasts for the next seven days. It's like he's gone on holiday for seven days and then he'll be back on Twitter. It's strange, eh? (laughs) On Wednesday, the day of recording, Twitter CEO said that Alex Jones has not broken any rules. Bullshit. Um, And he says it's up to journalists to sort out the BS from fact. I am paraphrasing. No thanks. It's so interesting. So the CEO is quoted in The Independent saying, accounts like Jones can often sensationalize issues and spread unsubstantiated rumors. So it's critical journalists document, validate, and refute such information directly so people can form their own opinions. This is what serves the public conversation best, he says. As if journalists don't have enough to do. You know, like now, now they got to be policing him. It's hard enough to keep up with the news anyway, right? Right! Yeah. I find this all bonkers because, he, you know, him saying they have not, they've not terminated his account because he has not broken any rules. Just, well, I went and looked yeah. at the Twitter rules. And inside the Twitter rules, it says, do not incite violence. Do not engage in abuse or hateful conduct. But they do have this kind of carte blanche thing which basically says, if it's newsworthy, we can change our minds. That's how they also uh, keep, keep Trump, keep up, Trump there. up there. It's it's this really like the I I'm a, an avid Twitter user, and I mean it's this is be this whole thing has been de- beyond disappointing. I'm not. I, I don't. Know. I agree with yeah, you. I, I feel exactly. I've been thinking that's how you hurt them is by getting off Twitter. I I, I find this whole story disappointing on so many levels. Why did this take so long? And I'm, I'm sure I'm going to I'm sure I'm going to get flamed for censorship, but whatever. I, I, why did it take so long Two, why did all the other companies only act once Apple started it? What, like, mm. what's up with that domino effect? And thirdly, like Twitter's position on this has been super wishy-washy. And yeah. and, and basically them they have these terms of service, haha, and they, that they kind of only selectively enforce for certain people. I, I've never understood this. It would be really gross to think, though, that Twitter was actually hoping to profit from Alex Jones's bans from every because you know he won't have anywhere else to go. But that'd be crazy, right? Oh no, they yeah, no, do that. No. And it seems to me that Twitter only took action. I don't know if you saw this other thing which was going on, on Twitter. Um, some, uh, I think her name is Shannon Coulter, uh, mm-hmm, a Twitter mm-hmm, user who has mm-hmm. been rallying other Twitter users to block the top Fortune 500 companies on Twitter until Twitter did something about Alex Jones. And she created a very easy way to mass block all of these companies so that they would no Ooh. longer be appearing in your feed. Yep. And it's super easy. I didn't read that. And I, you should put that in the show notes. I w- That's interesting. I will put it in the show notes. It's extremely interesting. And now, of course, Alex Jones has been banned, albeit only for his little holiday round the Algarve. Yeah, he's on a seven-day hiatus. <laughs> seven-day hiatus. Uh, and But, you know, Twitter, 
We hear all about these rules about Twitter. You can't be offensive and you can't incite violence and all the rest of it. But the other rule, it seems to me, the other commandment is you must not do anything which damages Twitter's potential to make some money. And that's Mm, why they turn a blind eye to Donald Trump calling former staff members dogs. And that's why they allow Alex Jones to carry on spreading his hate and plenty of other unpleasant stuff as well. And they know that most of us aren't going to quit Twitter. Is it time to start hashtag quit Twitter? Uh, I've, yeah. Well, there are alternatives like Mastodon, but, you know, it just hasn't mm. reached that kind of critical mass that you, you want to go to it particularly. Because we just left Facebook. Where are we going to go? <laughs> <laughs> like, where are we going to go? Now, yeah. do you guys think, so this is the other question I had, do you guys think that these bans basically say that tech companies are now admitting to some accountability as to what they allow to be publicized on their on their services? Uh, I'm sure they would say probably not because they don't want that kind of responsibility. I think of a lot of these social media sites as replacing the newspaper and having worked at newspapers before. I mean, when you get countless letters to the editor and a lot of them are from straight up kooks, Mm -hmm. people who are absolutely crazy. And these letters Mm -hmm. are often will threaten the journalists and, and say really scary, weird, off the hinge things. But the editor has the discretion to say, you know what, I'm not going to publish this because this doesn't serve public good. Uh, but yeah. we don't have that kind of uh, judgment ethics or like level of ethics yeah. amongst these now, some, these players. Some people would call yeah. that gatekeeping, and I, I I understand where that's coming from. People are like, "Well, it's censorship or gatekeeping," and I think it's an interesting discussion. But like, seriously, does a does a letter threatening a journalist's life actually add to discussion? And I mean, mm. that's the thing with Alex Jones. He's not just a conspiracy theorist. That really reduces the amount of harm he's doing. Like conspiracy theories in America are, are everywhere, and that's like. You know, yes. Did, what did we land on the moon or not? Like, okay, fine, but he's violent. He's violent, inducing. exactly. So that's like, does that actually add anything to the public sphere? Or is he just what? What's the actual value there? Questions all around there, sure. But. Yeah, and of course, free speechers are kind of you know using the argument that he's allowed to plinth like everybody else is. You know what? I think he's free to say what he likes, but there's a question about as to where he can say it. If I invite someone round to my house for dinner, and if they're offensive to other dinner guests, then I might say, you know what, do you mind leaving? And I won't invite oh, you I thought you'd again. say, here's a megaphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. Don't, you know, don't come back in because it's about being kind, isn't it? But, you know, just clear off. And if you want to do that in your house, then go ahead and do it or find your own little murky corner of the internet. But to that's do it. what he, that's what he's claimed to have done, right? Well, he can, he can just buy his own his server. Plan he got big. Own, yeah. He can make his own website. I mean, crazy websites have been on the inter- interweb <laughs> since forever. But, you know, yeah. he can set up his own stuff. Why? Like, does he have the right to use another company's platform to spread this info? Uh, you know, that's... I don't think, yeah. don't I think don't it's think a God-given so. right, is no. it? No. I mean, look, I'm not a fan of the guy. I'm not going to miss him. So, uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I always get a little nervous talking about this stuff because, like, the worm can turn, as the saying goes. Like, you know, I don't agree with him. and I, th- I find him to be extremely violent and scary. But, you know, if somebody decides that something I'm saying is now not acceptable and I get permabanned, what's, what does that mean? So, uh, you know, I, I'm always a little like, this is scary, but um, yeah. I don't know. Cagey about it. I'm feeling a little bit dirty having gone down uh, Alex <laughs> Jones's rabbit hole. I, I, I feel like we need a bit of a shower and to... We, we we might need to. I think we need to clear our palate a little oh. bit. Oh, stressed! Oh my god.
many of us have worked in big companies, right? And we know that it only takes one person to make a boo-boo to allow the hackers in. Imagine running a company, hiring new stuff, and worrying that one of them might bring their bad password habits into the office. Horrendous nightmare. That's one of the reasons why businesses, small and large, need a password management solution like LastPass Enterprise. LastPass brings a vast array of features for enterprise users, including company-wide policies, reporting, user groups and roles, and new support for Microsoft Active Directory. As an administrator, you can create highly secure passwords for your new starters right from the onset. means no snafus. Listeners can check it out for themselves by visiting lastpass.com slash smashing. No more password snafus, no more boo-boos, just LastPass. Hey, Clue. Hey, Krull. Did you listen to my uh, little bit about Meta Compliance and their e-learning? Oh, yeah, I heard that earlier in the show. Yeah, nice Did you? One. Yeah. Okay. Well, have you signed up yet? Well, no, I've been doing the podcast, Krull. I haven't had time to sign up for it, have I? Well... Women know how to multitask. Surely you can get a move on and sign up. We get 10% off. Just go to smashingsecurity.com. You should know that website. Slash meta compliance and enter the code smashing with a G. Smashingsecurity.com slash meta compliance. Enter the code smashing. Terrific. With a G. Cool. And welcome back to our favorite part of the show. The part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. It could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they like. Not security-related necessarily. Doesn't have to be. Should not be. And my Pick of the Week this week is definitely not security-related. I feel a little bit embarrassed because I feel like this is a subject I've occasionally talked about before. Doctor Who. Okay. Yes, please not Doctor Who. It's the one which isn't Doctor Who. It's chess. (laughs) (laughs) you know what grand you know what What? i'm not gonna give you a hard time you're not and you know why because i've been i just started playing chess again oh hey yeah yeah yeah, i finally converted her carol no it had nothing to do with you and i won't even play you (laughs) no you won't actually i keep asking you to but uh can you live stream that match when it happens i want to see it (laughs) i have been using so my pick of the week is not the game of chess it is a website called lee chess Org. And the yeah, nice thing cool. about Lee Chess is it is a completely free chess internet server with all the features that you would expect. Everything is free. You can't give them, well, you can give them money to support the server and things. But it's a, no ads. And you can, no ads or anything like yep. that. Um, and you can't, it's not just chess. You can also play chess variants like Chess 960 or Anti Chess and all those crazy things. Crazy chess. E- crazy horse. Crazy horse. Yeah, I've never tried that one. I've learned that. Have you? I've learned that. Um, even world champion Magnus Carlsen plays on Lee Chess. He used to call himself Danny the Donkey. That was his username. But now he's uh, Dr. Drunkenstein. And you can go and see. Maybe <laughs> I'm you sure can, he's loving you, uh, maybe, you know, exposing him. <laughs> Does he go to Je- DEF CON? Is that where that name goes from? Dan the Donkey. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Well, you know, if you want to challenge him sometime, Carol, with your English opening or show me your fianchetto. My, uh, my fianchetto, then, yeah. Then, uh, well, I'm working on my English opening. Is that a food? What is it? <laughs> I'm working on it, but I haven't uh, got it down at all yet. So, uh, oh, well, uh, don't worry, Graham. I'll, yeah, I'll show up. I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, leechess.org, link in the show notes. Uh, very cool site. Go and check it out. It's very cool. Yeah, cool. I agree. Excellent, excellent recommendation. Maria, what's your pick of the week? 
pick of the week for me is uh, a video game that I have been playing nonstop for at least a week or two now. It is a great game, but it has a stupid name, and it's <laughs> <laughs> and it's called Octopath Traveler. Uh-huh. Why do you think it's stupid? Octopath. You, Octopath. you imagine it's is going it like to an be- octopus that also can. <laughs> Read my mind. Well, yeah, you imagine it's about a hitchhiking octopus or something like that, don't you? Octopath that, Traveler. That's actually a cool idea. No, the, the reason it's called Octopath Traveler is that you have eight characters that you can choose from. and you and So eight, hence Octo. And they have their own Thanks. little path. That, yeah, you're very welcome for the etymology lesson. I'm here and all what, week. What is the path bit? Can you explain the path bit so, to me? Th- <laughs> is that like a road? It's like... <laughs> It's a thing your feet go on. Right. <laughs> oh, right. And I'm okay. Done. Excellent. <laughs> so this Octopath. Octopath. Uh, so this game is a uh, Japanese uh, role playing game, but it's in English, you know, so you don't have to read Japanese to play it. Uh, so anyone who <laughs> I'm <Andy>. being, <laughs> you can if you'd like. I mean, it helps. Whatever. Um, anyone else who loves, uh, she's here all week. <laughs> <laughs> Super NES video games, RPGs like Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VI. This is like in that vein. And I have no idea what she just said. Well, like so. I'm trying to keep it simple, and then when I go nerdy, you don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I've got to find the middle ground. So when you okay, say that's octo, true, I'm giving you a hard time. Oh, oh, it's not about octopuses. Sorry, I'm just no. going back to that. I, <laughs> I, I you lost me to, after that bit. Yeah. <laughs> I've yet to encounter an octopus in this game, but it could happen. I'm not done oh, yet. Oh, shame. Uh, but it's if anyone likes JRPGs, especially from the '90s, this is a. It's in that vein, but it's an improvement on all the old complaints about those games, and uh, it sold like and this is a Switch game. It's or? a Switch game. Sorry, I didn't mention the nintendo switch and yeah. it's turn-based combat which means you can literally leave your battle and go to the bathroom and nothing has happened it's great they're waiting for you and uh in these kind of games you take turns don't you yes it's, it's uh, you wait your turn you hit somebody yeah. you wait your turn you throw a spell at them it's great uh this game has been massively popular with the the nerd set uh to hold it sold like 110,000 copies in the first week which is a big number um, so if you've heard about it and you're into JRPGs and you're like, I don't know if I should play it, I'm giving you my recommendation. It's not perfect. There's problems with it as with any game, but it's, well, it's I do really have a Nintendo Switch. I've heard about Octopath Traveler. It sounds like it's quite a good game. I'm not into RPGs though. I don't, I don't, yeah, I, that's okay. I've, I've never, I've never really tried them really. Oh, maybe try this one. All right. Well, you're, you're like a drugs pusher. Maybe try Crystal Meth, Graham. <laughs> it's the first Just one try free. it. Maybe you'll like it. Maybe I won't. Maybe I haven't got enough hours in the day Graham to play on this. Crystal Meth. It, oh my first God. one's always free, Graham. So, <laughs> except the, except you have, to, you have to pay for it on the Switch store. So you know it's not actually free. But <laughs> Kroll, what is your pick of the week? Well, my pick of the week because I, my story was a little bit depressing about Alex Jones. Oh, yes. And I was Oof. telling Graham earlier that I, after I'd written it up, but, you know, and I was, I was complaining to Graham and Graham, you, my bud, bud and co-host, sent me this video. Oh. And after only watching one minute of it, it cheered me up and made it my pick of the week because, of course, I've just told the story, so you're all sad out there. So all you got to do is watch this video. Now, okay. this is basically a pastiche video where they take Alex Jones and his actual words, but they put a little melody and harmony around it. And uh, cheer it up a little bit. All so right. see what you think. Okay. Just click Go on the link. And... right now. I've had enough of these people. Little bones of Christian murder scum. They're on giant death factories keeping babies alive. They're selling their body parts. What more do you need to know about these <laughs> Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> they literally crawl out from under rocks. 
They have green looking skin and they run around screaming skin. we look safe. <laughs> I think if he did this on his show, yes. he'd probably have more fans. Yes. Does he Hillary bits are awesome. With that creepy weirdo woman whose mother wears a hood over her head. So there you go. There's my pick of the week. Go watch this. <laughs> oh my god. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, on that conspiracy bombshell, <laughs> we have just about wrapped it up for this week. Maria, if people wish to follow you on any of the social networks, maybe you'll have left Twitter by the time this Just go say it's Caesar's out. Palace and burst into her rooms. <laughs> what no, don't no, know no. actually Please don't do that. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> uh, How don't should per- people get in touch with you? <laughs> Not by bursting into any room that I'm in. That would be scary. Um, they can find me. I'm still on Twitter until I decide I can't take it anymore. Uh, but I am at uh, M-V-A-R-M-A-Z-I-S. <laughs> and you can follow Smash Insecurity on Twitter as well, at Smash Insecurity, no G. Twitter wouldn't allow us to have a G. Um, we've got a Smashing Security store, smashingsecurity.com slash store, if you want some stickers or mugs or anything like that. And if you really like the show, why not go to Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and give us a nice review or tell rating. The world. Tell, tell everybody. Tell the world we're nice guys. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Toodaloo. Bye. <laughs> Au revoir. Stresses me out. Oh, God. <laughs>